Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here and welcome to a great night to celebrate Carlton losing its first game for the season. Hooray! Uh, no, sorry. Uh, it's not that we'd like to just sit here and gloat in the glory of Carlton losing its first game for the season. We are here to talk about Hawthorne's 69-point loss to St Kilda at the MCG uh, this afternoon. When you think about it, boys, as I'm joined by Andrew Weiss and Darren Levine. Gentlemen, good evening. G'day, Good evening, G'day, Jazz. Hey, how are you? When you think about it, take away Dylan Moore's first two goals in the first two minutes and then a couple of goals deep in time on, it's just close to a 100-point loss in the defending period. So it was a pretty bleak afternoon at the footy for the Hawks and the sort of afternoon we thought, well, they were going to have, you know, the start of the season, we knew there'd be days like this, as the song goes, and uh, that's what it turned out to be. So... Not too much. We'll get into every player now. This is our player rankings. We'll go through all 23 who played for the club this afternoon. A few general comments thrown in as well. Don't forget, we'll go for the deeper dive on our player review, which will be on Hawks Inside, or our sort of match review, be on Hawks Insiders sometime late Monday, early Tuesday, and of course, our Tuesday night Twitter space. The last one before we move to Thursday night. Let's get into it. Uh, player number one, Harry Morrison, 19 disposals. Um, he had uh, half his time in each of the uh, 50, uh, defensive, defensive halves. Disposal efficiency, 90%, which wasn't bad. Uh, five contested possessions and uh, four score involvements. We'll kick off with you, Luis. How did you rate our number one? Uh, yeah, I didn't think he had uh, such a great game. I mean, his stats are very comparative to the last few weeks. Uh, and he just seems to be, I think, probably like a Tom Phillips. You notice him a lot more and notice what he does with it that's good when we win and win well. But today, uh, really, just despite the disposal efficiency, I don't think he had any sort of an impact on the game um, whatsoever. So personally, I, I give, give him a five and a half. If you give them a five and a half, then uh, a lot of players are going to get passing grades today that they don't deserve. So uh, <laughs> I thought it was harsh. I don't think there many players at all. I mean, we're going to do this quickly. You're all going to take in turns with your rankings. But, geez, if more than three or four players get a pass mark for Hawthorne today, uh, you're too, too much of a Nuffy fan. Um, do you know what? Can I just preface that, though, by you mentioned it off the top, and I know we're going to try and make this a quick one today because there's not that much to talk about. In our WhatsApp group, I feel like I'm the most positive about today because I accepted at the start of the season where we are. And I had mates before the start of the game messaging me say we could be three and one. And if we are, we should have been four and oh, if not like that is not where we are. Some of the messages in our group as well about how disappointing it was on some level. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But we still go back to if we win seven games this, this year, that's an incredible result. And if all of these players, all of these kids are getting extra games, then, you know, you only need four, five, six major positives to take out of the game. That, that's my opinion. And it doesn't actually matter that we lost by 11 goals. So, yeah, I've got a much more positive vibe around individual performances and 
what we would learn out of getting smashed by 69 points. All right, so we're going to play good cop, bad cop for the rest of this. By the way, I muted as soon as I saw the first message from Brad on our WhatsApp group. I was at the game today. I <laughs> muted the WhatsApp group. I think it's still on the And uh, I, it was an ordinary afternoon of football, but made far better for the fact that Brad uh, WhatsApp's pinging my phone every 30 seconds. He was just ba- he was back to angry Brad in, in full angry Brad mode. Doesn't take long. We'll hear more from him on the spaces on Tuesday night. And good evening, Brad, if you're listening. Number two, Mitch Lewis. Uh, 12 disposals. He had eight marks, kicked three goals, five, um, 33% disposal efficiency. I guess if you're missing a lot of shots for goal, that gets it down. Um, the thing I want to talk about, Mitch Lewis, I know you'll give the rating, Daz. He had nine score involvements. The rap that Chad Mitchell said about Mitch Lewis for the preseason was he kept on presenting, uh, and that's what got him over the line, I guess, ahead of Kaczynski when it came to round one selection, and he did that today. He, I thought he was the kicking was disappointing and the game, Hawthorne were never going to win the game, but it might have been a hell of a lot closer, the result, if, if he'd had kicking boots on. But he presented all day, took a brilliant mark late in the last quarter when uh, he couldn't excuse for having turned up his toes. So I'm interested to see how you, how you rate him because kicking aside, he actually played a terrific game. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a pretty generous seven and a half. I mean, I could have given him an eight, but just for that wayward kicking, I think I think he missed about three or four set shots from exactly the same spot. But um, I thought he was the dominant forward on the ground. With all due respect to Max King, I think he got a lot of cheap goals and had better service all day. So Mitch Lewis had a terrific game and he just he's keeping the season rolling. And um, yeah, just looking forward to what he brings to the side every every week. He's he's getting better and better. Number three for Hawthorne is Tom. I like that ranking, by the way. Uh, Tom Mitchell, uh, he had 32 disposals, 10 kicks, 22 handballs. Um, he had 84% disposal efficiency. He had 18 contested possessions, which is not bad for, for him. Um, he had five intercept possessions, nine score involvements, um, had 256 metres gained. Uh, what do you see? Yeah, I think he was probably our best mid. I think he got better as the game went on. It's the most disposals he's had this year. Um, our midfield got comprehensively slaughtered today. Um, I gave him a seven. Uh, I think he tried really hard and came into the game as it went on. Um, but it's not, it's not the Tom Mitchell we've come to know and love. He's obviously playing a different role. Uh, felt like he was pushed back into that old old role of just trying to grunted out through the middle because everyone else was getting smashed. So I think he's pretty serviceable and I gave him a seven. It was an all too feel. Game had a look and feel of Hawthorne the last couple of years today. And the, the style of play, Mitchell played primarily through the midfield like that. It really did have, you know, haphazard delivery to the forward line. It really had that, uh, it was like watching Hawthorne 2020 and 2021. Uh, Jarman, played his first game for the year, 20 disposal of halfback. Um, Six mark, one tackle, 53% of time in the defensive half, 70% disposal efficiency. He had um, only one contested possession. That's not really his go, really. 16 uncontested, five score involvement. And um, first game, 357 metres gained. Darren? Yeah, it was just great to see Jars back out there and, you know, had a, had a pretty solid game, six and a half, I reckon. Um, 357 metres gained was 
is among the top sort of 10 players out there, which, you know, for a player, for someone that hadn't had a preseason at all, I thought he, he actually made a bit of an impact and will clearly get better week to week as he's coming back from that injury. This will be interesting. Number five, James Warple. Five disposals. Uh, one tackle, one behind. 83% of his time in the offensive half. He had... Um, I want to find out he's... Um, so I'll scroll down. He had 12 centre bounce attend- attendances. Um, three frees against. A dirty, dirty day for Warble. I don't normally get uh, that uh, agitated the football at one stage. I think I did get out of my seat and yelled, chase Warble, because he was just going through the motions as a secure player, took off out of their uh, defensive 50 ball in hand. So... Maybe he wasn't fit. So if you want to give him better for that, he was playing with an injury, but he just had no spark, no zip to his game. Well, you see, not even you can give him a pass mark for today. No, I will give him 0.2 of a point for each possession. He can get one out of 10 for me. 0.2 for each of his five possessions. Uh, Like you just said it yourself in the stats. He had five touches three clangers and three frees again. So, uh, I mean, I'd be tempted to say we shouldn't give him a mark because that's not fair to put him in the positive column. But um, I think with everything that is happening and, again, where we're at development-wise, players are going to have really, really crap days. And he had a really, really crap day. So forgive him move on, let's see what he does to um, show that, you know, he's not going to accept that sort of performance and see what he does next week on the big stage. He loves playing against Geelong, so uh, we'll see what he what he comes back with next week. But, yeah, uh, reluctantly sort of pushed his mark up to a one. As I, I just want to hear your opinion. I know we're waxing a bit, but... To... What was your opinion on Warps today? Well, I, I feel pretty silly because I had him down as a PCM winner. Um, but I think maybe that was wishful thinking because that was his worst game for the club. And, you know, I'll forgive it. But, but when Ned Long is tackling the way he is and putting his hand up for a, 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 a senior debut every week uh, at Box Hill, you've got you to be a bit worried if you're James Warple. Yeah, I think what we said, I don't think they'll drop him for Geelong. It's a big game for him. He tends to lift for games against the Cats, but uh, he would, uh, he'll be on thin ice. Uh, I would think like a, a few of his mates. James Sicily, 20 disposals. He had um, eight marks. He was 94% defensive half, as you would expect. 90% disposal efficiency. He had uh, nine contested, seven uncontested possessions. Uh, uh, Eight marks of six were uncontested, two were contested. Um, yeah, just uh, back line under siege for a lot of the day. What did you th- make of his game, Darren? I thought, he was, I thought he was pretty solid. I don't think he was our problem at all out there today. And, um, you know, going at 90%, uh, getting, a, getting a bit of the footy and using it well. And um, I don't think he had his best game since coming back, but... He, he did his job. So it's a solid six for me. 
Sam Frost, 16 disposals. He had uh, seven marks, one tackle. Mainly uh, most of his time in the defensive half. 88% disposal efficiency, which is uh, not bad for Frosty either. Um, two score involvements. He had seven uncontested marks, uh, one tackle, and six one percent. Interesting. Uh, what do you make this guy? Have, have you got clangers there, Ash, for Frosty? For Frosty. Let me find, find the clangers. I don't have the clangers handy, but I'm sure you do. Sounds like you do. Four Four turnovers again from sixteen from sixteen, you know, disposals. I think that he tried really hard, uh, but yeah, like you said before, Ash, the defense was just under siege. Um, you know, in in the one on ones this week, because the system wasn't really clicking, he seemed to get found out, and there were those turnovers which were pretty noticeable as well. So. I give Did him he not play on Max King for most of the day? Yeah, I think he rotated a bit. I think earlier on, even um, DGB had a little run on Max. But yeah, he, he played on King for most of the day. But um, oh, on any other day, King could have kicked. And I know he got a lot of junk time, junk time goals. Uh, there were quite a few fumbles and what have you. And I don't think it was as a direct result of frost pressure. So, I mean, I gave him a five and a half. I thought he was okay without being exceptional, was my take. Number nine for Hawthorne, Shankwath GF. 22 disposals, um, four marks, 80% defensive half, 86% disposal efficiency, four, only four contested possessions. Um, he had seven turnovers, eight intercept possessions. He had... Um, Anything else notable sticking out there? Three rebound 50s, um, three frees against. Disappointing. Um, yes, CJ. Yeah, it's an interesting game for CJ because I think he's probably one of our best out there, even though he, he turned the footy over a bit. And I think that's just a result of St Kilda's pressure and him getting the ball maybe when he shouldn't have been getting a few hospital hand passes going on. I don't think he was as damaging as he's been in the first few games. Um, but I, again, I don't think CJ was, was out, you know, was, was the least of our problems out there. So um, he's just continuing his, his solid form and he was, he was, he was good without being incredible. Interesting to note that the CJ train that the secure supporters Sitting near me and the MCC members today took great delight every time he might have uh, done something not 100% right or perfect on the ground. So clearly, yeah, he's been recognised as a weapon now and supporters are enjoying it when he's taking down a peg or two on the field, which uh, did happen, like it did to most of his teammates out there today. Our captain, Jaeger, our acting captain, Jaeger. Hello, Brad O'Meara. Uh, 20 disposals, nine kicks, 11 handballs, three marks, four tackles, a goal. Um, 75% disposal efficiency, four turnovers, two intercept possessions, five score involvements. Uh, he took three marks, six clearances, uh, four tackles, that uh, 25 centre bounce attendances. Daz, what did you make of uh, who, who, who out there? So, we see who do we, uh, Jager? Well, I'm ready to come off the long run if you let me. Off you go. Uh, there are going to be quite a few of our horse insiders followers who are not happy with what is about to hit their ears. 
he is such a disappointment to me in terms of, you know, he's promised to be so much. So you give him nice. He's taken the leadership. Do you know what? I'll half that. <laughs> I'll give him a four. Okay, go. And, and I just feel like, do you know what? The very first article that we wrote as a prototype for Hawks Insiders was last year after the North Melbourne game. And, and I don't know if you guys remember it. I wrote a piece on Jager, who people wanted, wanted him to be captain. You know, even midweek this week, he spoke at the press conference. And again, in our WhatsApp group, did you hear how well he spoke? He speaks like a captain. He speaks like a leader. He just doesn't bring that on, on leadership, on field. Like he talks the talk. But there were so many times during this game that we were just crying out for him to come in and bust the midfield open. He he just didn't do it and turned the ball over and got tackled. And, yeah, I just – I said at the start of the season, and I'll say it again ahead of next season, I can't see how he would be a permanent captain of our football club. For me, that has to be this next year. But – uh, it's just so disappointing because there's a piece of me that still wants him to be, you know, the Jager that we, same as, you know, the Chad haters, I guess, that we paid so much for. And as time goes on, it's just, I don't know, it's, it saddens me that we're not going to see it. Didn't see any of it today. Um, four out of 10 for me for Jager. Well, what do you guys think? Like, is that, way too over the top. No, well, I mean, I think that we'll have, we can have a, you know, that might be this week's top, that might be the, the, the long form discussion for the spaces on Tuesday. I know it'd be good to throw it around the group, I think, but I was disappointed with him today, very disappointed with him all season. I, don't, I think it's, it's not trying. I mean, I think he's, he's very invested, but it's just, it's footy's not working for him so far this year. I'm not saying he's about to be dropped either. I don't think that'll happen, but uh it's just not working for him at the moment. So I thought it was just worth that. Daz, you want to quickly say something about that? But I yeah, think look, we I, might I, forget yeah. on uh, Tuesday. I think I got pretty seduced as well by the way he talks to the media and how articulate he is. But you're right, it doesn't make you captain material. It's all about what you put out there on the field and how you lead, lead the side. And, and I, don't, I don't see him being that on-field vocal leader. I don't see him doing things on the football, football field that inspires young players uh, I just think he's been really disappointing this year in every game I've seen him. And you know, maybe, maybe how, how does it get better from here for for Jager? Like, is this is this is is he going to miraculously turn it around and start playing his best footy? And you know, at, at this at this point in his career at this age, it's it's a it's a real problem. Connor Nash, Dad. Um... 11 disposals. He had two marks, two tackles. Uh, for the most of his time, 64% of defensive half, 91% disposal efficiency, um, four contested possessions, no uh, three score involvements, took uh, two marks, I said. Uh, eight hit outs, because he's a Hawthorne's backup ruckman at the moment, or second ruckman, 18 ruck contests, and nine centre bounce attendances. Uh, just a game I would have thought today for Connor Nash. Yeah, pretty, pretty average game. But I, I really applaud his versatility and his ability to, you know, he's clearly playing in a, in, a, in a completely new position. And I think he battled well 
I think his his versatility is really important. But I would love to actually see him playing that sort of full time mid role. Um, and maybe that's something that'll happen when Lynch comes back in the side and he's not being asked to to ruck. Um, but I, I appreciate his effort. I appreciate his versatility and 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 just trying a new position. And I'll give him a give him a five and a half. I was keen to see and curious to see who would be that sort of the replace Wingard in the starting um, forward line today. And it was Nash, which I found a little bit depressing. As I said, there's a lot of uh, 2020 and 2021 about Hawthorne today and seeing quite a Nash starting the forward line was uh, part of that. Although I obviously spent a bit more time uh, now part of the ground as well. Uh, so Will Day, seven in a half of football, seven disposals, um, four marks, two tackles, uh, 86% disposal efficiency. Um, he was subbed off at halftime after a clash with um, Paddy Ryder. That likely is interesting. Uh, a lot of secure people I was talking to thought, well, Ryder had no option. He was standing right there and uh, and Day cannon into him. That doesn't normally help you at the tribunal. You elect a bump. Players can cast. Uh, will Day won't play next week, nor will Paddy Ryder. But again, he's having no luck at all all day. Second game back and now he gets concussed and he won't play on Easter Monday when he likely would have had 35 touches and been best on ground. So there's a shutting blow for him. Uh, how'd you rate his game till then, Wesley? Yeah, I thought he was brilliant half-time. I thought he was, um, uh, without being totally groundbreaking, um, he took a couple of really good marks. He flew after contested marks in the back line was calm. Um, he was good last week, so he clearly had the confidence of last week and carried it in. Um, and he's definitely one of the positives in that despite the fact that he didn't play the second half and he isn't there next week against Geelong, uh, like, let's not forget what a star he's going to be and just how good he's going to be. So I gave him a six and a half based purely on his first half of footy. I thought he was wonderful. And yeah, love him already. Well, he's certainly loved by all Hawthorne people. Uh, Jack Scrimshaw, he had 18 disposals, 11 kicks, 7 handballs, 8 marks, didn't tackle, mainly defensive half, 72% disposal efficiency, uh, only three contested possessions. Um, I'd like to see the uh, clangers for... Him. I don't have it handy here on this list. But it was a funny old game for Jack Scrimshaw. There was the usual stuff that we loved, but a couple of brain fades as well. A couple of times he played on straight away. The umpire seemed to be very red hot today on play, even the slightest sort of half step after taking a mark. It was play on. Um, and he got found out a couple of times with that. So there was a bit of good and a bit of bad about Scrimshaw today. Daz? I would say the good outweighed the bad. And maybe I'm just a Jack Scrimshaw apologist, but I, I think he's brilliant. And I think he was one of our best players probably to halftime. Um, and just imagine if he wasn't out there and he, he had, that injury was worse. So I just think, think, he, think he, he was just Johnny on the spot a lot of, a lot of the times in, in there when the ball came back um, into the Ford 50. So I, I just... Yeah, I think he's he's going on his merry way. He didn't have the best game of the year, but it definitely wasn't a bad game. So um, six and a half. 
he did well to play, given that uh, we all thought this time last week that he was facing a long-term injury, you know, some sort of fracture of the scapula. So well done, Tim. And I think we um we may have missed Dylan Moore. Loves a goal more. Oh, Dylan Moore loves a goal. I always miss one. And uh, that'll be that's good because we're about to put the acid test on uh, of Blake Harbour. We had a very interesting afternoon in football. Dylan Moore. Okay, here we go. Sorry about that. I always miss one. Um, Fourteen disposals. Two goals, all, both in the first two minutes of the game. They came within two minutes of the game. Um, he had uh, one mark, four tackles, uh, mainly uh, 78% of the time the offensive half, 71% disposal efficiency, um, 100% scoring accuracy. We'll keep those two early goals. But he went missing a bit after those first two goals. Again, the four-line delivery was haphazard. But I don't think after those opening couple minutes he impacted the game at all. Yeah, I totally Andrew. agree. Totally agree with that. The goals were both fantastic. Obviously, very early. He had eleven touches to half time. So based on that, he had three touches in the second half of footy, and even in the second quarter, I think he still had uh, maybe six, five or six possessions, and was still clearly working harder up the ground. So. For me, it was a tale of two halves. I give him a five, a pass mark overall. Um, and that is, again, off the, off the fact that his first half was still pretty good. His, his second, half, second half, he just went completely missing. But um, always good to, you know, see our admin, our, our mod, uh, our social media guru putting out that Dylan Moore loves a goal tweet. Uh, it doesn't matter how... It uh, doesn't matter how bad the day goes. That, that'll that just be a beautiful a thing of beauty for all of time. And twice, in, tw- twice in two minutes, I think it was, to start the game, which is pretty pretty good. So, yeah, he does have a tendency to go missing no more. But, again, I think these games kind of show us who's going to be in our next sort of finals tilt and, and who's not. And Dylan Moore's, you know, even though, though he had off game, he's still... Still one of our best contributors and one of our best players. So don't want to judge him too harshly. Blake Hardwick, 19 disposals, um, five marks, two tackles. He went at 68% disposal efficiency. Uh, he had four turnovers in five intercept possessions. Um, he's kicking. What's going on with his kicking? Somebody's kicking out of the back line today. It left a lot to be designed. Is he trying to be too cute? Uh, what is going on with him, Darren? Had one bad game in about... I don't know how many games he played. Am I being too harsh, am I? How many, how many games has Blake Hardwick played? I don't know. Uh, well, you he's keep talking much yourself. I'll look up. <laughs> he's, he's, he's allowed to have one, one, one average game out of 50, I reckon. So I'm going to give him a pass mark because... Uh, he misses maybe his 22nd game or something. 106 games he's played. 106 games. So one... Oh, one, hang on. We've moved from more to Hardwick. Yes. <laughs> one, one bad game out of 106. <laughs> I think he's allowed to have one. And and I usually give him a seven and a half. So, um, yeah, I think those clangers out the back, the couple kick-ins that went straight to St Kilda players, I just don't think you're ever going to get that again from Blake Hardwick. I think he'd know more than anyone... That he was off the boil of it today and he'll be better next week. And he's one of the players you can actually count on being better better next week. 
What you would have seen is late one of the kick-ins that was truly abysmal. It went to Sam Mitchell, who was pretty livid, but then it went back to Hardwick, who was even more livid. So exactly as you just said, Daz, like he knew, like he knows straight away he was filthy on himself. So, yeah, pretty sure he'll just, you know, same as we were talking about some of the other guys already and we'll no doubt with some of the others to come just dust it off and get get the review out of the way nice and early during the week, uh, probably tomorrow, and then just move on. Um, Daniel, dangerous, Daniel Howe, 13 disposals. Um, no tackles, which will be disappointing for a player who's supposed to have a physical element to his game. Uh, six marks. He had 69% disposal efficiency. He had uh, two turnovers, three intercept possessions, three score involvements, um, 172 metres gained. Yeah, what did you think of his game, uh, Lucy? Yeah, Dan Howe. Halfway through last season, like Howe and Nash are at the exact same position where it's like, all right, ready to move them on, be be done with them. Got to the end of the year, both of them were like, well, there are spots potentially for both of them in our team. Uh, and Nash, there still is this hope and he adds this different dynamic, dy, dynamicism. Dy, dy, dynamism. Totally. Dynamism. <laughs> <laughs> he really changes the look of our midfield unit. Disposals, three marks, three tackles, three goals, one, uh, 83% disposal efficiency, um, only one turnover. Uh, three, three marks was set a bit of a, uh, a bit of a meh game. He kicked three goals, but I don't think he had a major impact on the game. Not one of his better games. Didn't seem to do a lot when he didn't have. Um... Oh, I've forgotten Gunston as well. I'm out, all out of whack today. Um, but let's go. Keep going, Luke Bruce, uh, Darren. And we'll get back to Gunston. You having a bit of a Blake Hardwick? Yeah, me. Uh, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look uh, again. Yeah, it was a bit of a mare game. But if you you're Luke Bruce in mare game, you kick three goals and probably had a few assists as well. I reckon. Um, so yeah, just just mare, but did, did a few Luke Bruce things out there and. Um, again, not the biggest problem today. So six for me. Here we go. Jack Gunson, three disposals, uh, two marks, two tackles. That is it. What is he? Mm, wow. Uh, Talk about penthouse to shithouse in about two weeks. Yeah. Do you know what? The biggest, coming into this season, the biggest unknown is what Jack Johnston we're going to get, right? Are we going to get a PCM 
Jack Gunston every week and the reality is we've seen that so far and what he gives to us through the first three weeks of the season? Or are we going to get a player, regardless of it being Jack Gunston, who's been out for a year, who's had back surgery, that all of those question marks are still there and the reality is we're not going to get pen outs every week. Um, yeah, it was... I don't even know if you can, again, sort of same as Waffle, rate that. Uh, it was just a game that he really didn't give us much, didn't offer much. And, yeah, no doubt he'll be pretty pumped to, to correct that for the Cats. You ask him the rating, so what is it? Uh, you know, he has to go in the same, in the same basket as Wops. I think I'll give him a 1 out of 10. You got any thoughts on uh, Gunson, Dad? Oh, look, I think he he did seem to... He, he got involved and I think he cleared the space for Mitchell Lewis a bit. So maybe the, the stats didn't really <clears throat> speak to his impact on the game. I don't think he had a massive one, but maybe a four. What do you think, Ash? Oh, I was disappointed Jack's game. I think his last two weeks have been really disappointing. I know he got on the end of a couple against Carlton, but... Uh, I thought he was, yeah, disappointed today. Again, the delivery um, wasn't particularly great into the forward line for him, but I just didn't think he could work it, just found it hard to work his way into it. Once they do, they chucked him down the back line to start the last quarter. Mitchell's tried a few things in the last quarter just to see how they would deal with stopping a run on the move to the back line as he could have kicked three goals early on the last quarter. So wherever he went, the, the trouble seemed to follow. So, yeah, not one of the great days for one of our favourites. And, yeah, he's got a lot of credits in the bank, Jack Gunson, but I thought it was one of his poorer games today for Hawthorne. Denver, Granger, Barris, six disposals, three marks, no tackles. Uh, he that's interesting. He didn't even... He once left defensive... for in, six. One of those was outside defensive 50. So he's got a role, and it's not to get anywhere up the ground at this stage, uh, DGB. Uh, 67% disposal efficiency. Um, what else are we looking at? Three turnovers, a couple of intercept possessions, um, just a very uh, quiet day. Part of the back line that was under siege for a lot of the day, we. Yeah, look, we know that he is a player developing his craft, and we know that he's going to be given a lot of leeway as well, especially since he's effectively taken Kyle Hardigan's spot. Who, whose right biceps would weigh 50 kilos more than Denver does. Um, he seemed to be matched up on either Membry or Ryder or Marshall when they were coming forward and time after time was, you know, half a metre behind them in a marking contest. So not even close enough to get an effective spoil in or be able to put on enough pressure um, and so unless someone else was giving him a chop out, often his opponent was marking the ball. So um, I think it'll be, again, a good learning experience if we get 15 games into him. He's not our key position, you know, the hulking key de- position defender yet that we would like him to be. It was interesting to see, um, on the, again, on, on TV, locked up here, um, uh, Kyle Hardigan on the ground and going to him during um, breaks to have, you know, some discussions with him, which, you know, I thought was really, really good and good to see Hardigan out there. 
But yeah, I've I've given him a three out of ten. He had absolutely no impact, but tried hard and hopefully with Hawkins and Cameron next week, we see Harding come in and that allows DGP to play more of a traditional James Sicily role of, of being a bit more of a floater and being able to intercept and be given a bit more free reign as opposed to one-on-one accountability. So three out of 10 for me. Yeah, Harding as a bench coach, I did notice that today. I was sitting really close to Hawthorne in a change area and um, I did notice that. So yeah, we'll, Leave selection, we'll have a bit of a dabble on Tuesday night and then Brad will obviously have a big go in his piece as well, but I think selection will be interesting this week. Josh Ward had his welcome to AFL football day, I think, today at the MCG. Nine disposals, uh, four kicks, five handballs, two marks, one tackle. Uh, mainly sort of played more of a defensive half, 89% disposal efficiency. Really uh, not cited very much. They six contested possessions. Um, I think teams for the first time teams put a bit of work into him as well. Uh, just couldn't uh, couldn't really get into the game for the first time. It's a shame because we want to see him get that rising star nomination before too long. But he won't be getting it on the back of this one, Dad. No, and um, I think you're right. I think he had a lot more pressure on him um, than he's probably had the, the, the first three weeks. And definitely welcome to the AFL game. For Josh, the concerning thing is when Josh is not having a good game and he's played four, um, we we get belted in the middle. So we can't really afford to have Josh Ward not playing well. Um, and yeah, again, it's it's I don't want to judge him too harshly, but he did he had a little impact and probably a probably a three for me. Well, actually, look at the stats. Dave. He only had six set abouts of tennises, so I, I think mm. they actually. Didn't play him, but whereas last week he was, you know, he was having huge set about over the first three weeks, he's been set amounts a lot. They kept him out today, they had only six. And I think we talked about what we had before that uh, Tom Mitchell played more of his, his traditional role today. I know Ward started the bench as well. So, uh, again, Mitchell trying things. Maybe Mitchell sensed that maybe he's a little bit tired um, and just wanted to see what whether he could play a different role, maybe all part of the grand plan. But, uh, yeah, not, not one of... Uh, Get him back of, in the guts. Get him back in. Yeah, he's right. Well, you'll go against the old enemy next week. We'll see how he stacks up there. Uh, his part in crime was Connor McDonald. Ten disposals, um, two marks. He had uh, 80% of his time on the offensive half of the ground. He had um, one only one contested possession, two turnovers. He had uh, three score involvements. Um, another one who I think is just was he's going to be a fine, fine footballer, fourth one for a very long time. But uh, again, fourth game up, start to struggle a little bit today with uh, the pace of the game. Again, just couldn't make an impact at all. What is he? Yeah, everything that you just said about Josh Ward, command C, command V, copy and paste, exactly the same. They played a very similar game, similar sorts of numbers. Um, the positive, again, like I'm tr- trying to put a positive spin on everything, right? The positive for me is that these guys are going to need to play 80, 90, 100 games before they really hit their straps in terms of our game plan and knowing everything about each other and um, everything about 
um, formations and and our forward craft, how they're going to be delivering the ball to them, all of that sort of stuff. And the only way they're actually going to know that is not by us winning games of footy every single week. They need to experience us losing by 100 points. They need to experience, experience us getting smashed in the guts like we did today. They need to experience games where they only get a few touches and come off and have to review what they could have done better. And that's all part of the learning and development process. So um, I think it's really good for both of them. I'd put him as a three out of 10, exactly the same as Daz and, and Josh Ward. They were both carbon copies in terms of their, their games and output today. I think the, con- the concern there, though, is that we're actually relying on them to do a lot, and when they have off games, we don't we don't look particularly great, and that's just the drop off of the senior blokes that have been there for a while. So it, we actually weirdly rely on Conor McDonald and Josh Ward having decent games. So it's going to be interesting to win to games. That. Yeah, to, to win, win games. games. That's true. Don't forget, like we were thinking we're going to win anywhere between four and seven games this season. And we've already won two of them, right? So, like, yes, if they have 25 possession games, there's a good chance we'll win them. And we're saying we relied on these kids to help us win the game. But, again, in the context of everything, where we're at, um, yeah, it's a shame our more senior guys aren't doing a job that they only have to be bit part players for us to win games. But that's our midfield. Yeah. Finn McGuinness, 13 disposals, are coming on as a medical sub to replace Will Day in the second half. Uh, one tackle, one behind, a flying shot at goal that he probably should have kicked. Um, split his time evenly, both sides of the ground. 54% disposal efficiency, um, three turnovers, three set possessions, uh, two score involvements. And that is the main and seven set abouts attendance as well, which I thought you'd see all through the second half. Daz? I'm a um, glass half full kind of guy with, when it comes to Finn McGuinness because I just really want him to, to succeed for Hawthorne. And I thought he actually came on and impacted the game and got involved and got his hands on the footy. And yes, the disposal efficiency is an issue, but I think that is something that's just going to get better with more game, game time and, 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 and the more he gets up to speed with, with the pressure and the sort of quickness of thought that's required to be an AFL player. So, yes, he's becoming a scapegoat of a lot of fans. I don't get it, but I, I really just hope that he, I hope he gets continued to be picked because the only way we're going to know if there's a player in there is if he gets game time. Yeah, I thought so, it was okay today. Yeah, 5.2. 5.2 for me. <laughs> Number 37, and I think this is the bravest player on the ground today, Hawthorne, by a mile, was Ned Reeves. Ten disposals, four marks, three tackles. Uh, his first goal, I think, was his first goal for the football club. 70% disposal efficiency. He took three contested marks out of uh, four for the game. He had a Centre clearance, had a couple, yeah, two centre clearances, four clearances altogether, 17 hit outs, three tackles, um, 28 centre bounce attendances, 54 ruck contests, 
um, against the best, one of the best ruck tandems in the competition being Marshall and Ryder. I thought he was heroic and brave. The suspicion was before the game he was playing sore. Well, Mitchell Walbert confirmed it in the press conference after the game. So I thought he was super. I thought a bit in the vein of Mitch Lewis, he presented and worked really hard all day. And he, I don't know if he's a religious man or not, uh, Darren, but he will be on bended knees tonight praying for the health of Max Lynch so that Max Lynch can come into the side next week and give him a chop out. Absolutely. Um, to correct the record, he kicked his first goal last year against Sydney. But um, he's a beautiful set shot, actually. I said to my daughter, Ava, that he was going to nail it, and he did. He's a beautiful field kick as well. He was, he's was he got the heart of a lion, Ned Reeves, and uh, I will defend him at all costs. I think, he, I think he, he battled really admirably. And he took a lot of, I think, the knock on him too is he's not doing enough around the grounds. He actually, I think, started doing enough things around the ground. And the fact that he was playing with an injury um, makes the performance even better. Took took a few decent marks down the line, um, and I just thought he was one of our best. So, going to give him a seven. Before, your thoughts on his game, Wesley? Yeah, I thought he tried really, really hard. I thought that it was very clear. I actually didn't think Marshall had much of an impact today at all. But Ryder, for me, was the dominant ruck on the ground, or the the dominant. Um, well, yeah, big big man from a from a ruck point of view, um, and I think the biggest issue there was like the the clear maturity of body size and strength that Ryder had. Um, I, even Ethan watching with me said it looks like a bully. Like Ryder is being a bully. He's so imposing, but. The flip side in terms of Reeves was he got so many hit outs sheerly because of his height. There was one where he literally tapped it. He hardly jumped and he tapped it straight down Tom Mitchell's throat in the in the centre. And and that and Mitchell got a clearance from that. And there are enough of those moments to go, he's clearly gonna make it as a ruckman, or, or clearly could be a Max Gorn type ruckman for us down the road. There's a lot of work to do there, but 100% needs that chop out from a bigger, stronger body. And that, you know, with the fractured neck to to big boy, you'd think that um, Lynch has a massive role to play, um, especially against bigger type Ruckman. I don't think we can go in with just one or the other and Nash as the second Ruck. I think they've both got to play and give each other a chop out. Yeah, hopefully we'll get um, Lynch back next week. And uh, Reese should keep playing. He's good, but he does need help. I, I John Newcomb, last week. Just with Lynch, because he missed with concussion. I, I thought I read somewhere that uh, the reason he wasn't playing this week was because he had COVID. Yeah, well, he, it, was, it was in the protocols, whether he had COVID or... Or he right. was in the protocol because of someone else. But uh, so that's desperately unlucky for well, him after is. missing with yeah. concussion. Yeah. yeah. A two week concussion, then a COVID absentee. So he'll be underdone next week, but he's got to play. So um, they've got to get him back inside to desperately give poor old Ned Reeves a, a chop out. And there might have be been a game or two down the track further where Reeves won't play and Rich will play. So um, we've got a. a We've got Monday, Monday, then Saturday against Melbourne. So 
you'd think over the next three weeks there might be a little bit of uh, man management going on to sort of get Hawthorne through that uh, that spell. The five-day turnaround before I play Melbourne's going to be horrific, but uh, I'll have to manage that. John uh, Newcomb, 23 disposals, five marks, three tackles, two behinds. He had uh, 48% disposal efficiency, which is not ideal. Six contested possession, 10 turnovers. Um, he had uh, 26 cent about attendances and a nice story about him on AFL.com today by Riley Beveridge, uh, which I was reading through the last quarter, given it was a lot more interesting than the game that was taking place in front of me at the same time. Uh, so good and bad, got a lot of the ball, butchered a lot of the ball. Uh, take us away with Daz with John Newcomb. Yeah, butchered a lot of the ball, but he, he did it trying trying to do something positive. And I think that's what I love about him. He's always trying to drive us forward. He's always looking for creative ways to um, outfox the opposition and, 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 and really, really drive into the forward 50. So, you know, love the kid and I love how he goes about it. I love his ferocity and the way that he attacks a footy. And one of our better players, despite the... A bit of jai ball going on. Um, but, yeah, six and a half for me. I just love the kid. I was much kinder. I was much kinder, I have to say, with Jai. I gave him a seven and a half. I know he butchered it. He had seven score involvement, which means almost one in three of our scores today were, as you know, came through Newcomb. And, you know, we talked about Ward and McDonald. Well, Newcomb's just a kid as well, but he still fronted up and went in to get the ball and got it plenty of times and kicked along and tried to break the lines. And um, I think the efficiency can be forgiven. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I love him. He's, he's going to be such a great part of this rebuild. I love him too. I think he's a terrific footballer. Um, but it was good and it was, it was sort of good and the bad of him today. I did write the preseason. I was worried that he didn't hurt teams enough. Uh, he wasn't hurting the opposition enough with his possessions. And I think that was a bit of the case today. That's been our player review podcast for Hawks Insiders. We will uh, have our, our written article, our match review. I'm writing my observations at the moment. We'll finish those as soon as we finish recording the podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday night with Spaces and I think Jager's on the agenda. More Cyril, I think, on the agenda because a couple of big stories have broken since we last convened. We'll have to go through those as well. Um, yeah, so we'll put this one to bed as soon as we can and move and look ahead to Easter Monday, V Geelong. Selection dissection, I think, uh, Darren will be interested in this week, but Brad's got a lot to consider. Yeah, Brad is in pretty ripping form, as you said, in the... Um... In the WhatsApp, but I think he's going to have the knives out for a few players. But you know, I'm 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 okay with that game happening. It was bound to happen and kind of made us crash back down to earth a little bit, and actually gives us a picture of where we're at as as a side, which is a developing one with a lot of young players who are going to have off days. And my biggest concern now are the senior players and and how how they're tracking because it hasn't been a great start to the season for them. Hopefully, I was going to say for Brad, hopefully the pain of Patrick Cripps' injury has subsided by the time that he gets to write 
right is selection dissection. I think, um, do you know what? I think uh, if we keep playing the way we played today, I think uh, angry Brad, a return from angry Brad is just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And whilst it's not such a great thing for how we're playing, you know, uh, our followers, our supporters love it. So it makes a great still... copy, as they say. It's back That's to the story. Well, I'm actually interested to see how they respond this week in terms of selection. Sam, I watched the press conference before we started recording this, and uh, he clearly wasn't happy. He was clearly, uh, to me, was uh, biting his tongue a little bit. But this is the first time we've seen, I don't think much of Box Hill last year, the first time he's sort of, how does he respond to selection to a loss, to a big loss? It's going to be fascinating. Does he back for me after three good performances, or is he going to be really short shift with players, you don't perform, you're out and you don't uh, get a second chance. So that's why and uh, it's a shame we've got to wait till you know Sunday night before we see or Saturday whenever they finalise the team to see what he does. It's going to be really interesting to see how it responds. It's, a, it's all new ground for Mitchell and Hawthorne of late. So that's something that uh, will pique my interest over the course of the week. Well, the interesting part is Box Hill had a really big win in the Curtain Razor and um, there are a few players there that, that are putting their hands up Phillips for sure. Shields, I know, you know, we didn't want Shields to get him back, getting back in the side is, you know, it, it, it's great for Liam Shields, but I think for the benefit of the younger players getting more games into them, it's, it's not the best outcome for us. But Ned Long, 10 tackles, I think he was really ferocious in that game. And um, it's, it's interesting. It'll be really interesting to see what Mitchell does. Yeah, it's a couple of players I would look at. I mean, they'll, they'll look at Dan down into the team at some stage pretty soon, see how he goes as a second-year player and uh, long will be in before too long as well, I think. So a bit tapping at selection. We will wrap it up there because we're starting to encroach on stuff to talk about later in the week. Don't forget uh, to rate and review this podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all your regular players. Keep visiting the Substack Hawks Insiders. We thank you for your support. $5 a month, $50 for the season. Um, we're a week away from Rodney Eads' first season review, which will be coming after the Geelong game, which will be great to have as well. So good evening, Darren. Thank you. Thank you, Ash. Thank you, Andrew. The final episode of Billions of Whites for me. So uh, let's uh, wrap this up now. We'll talk to you again on our spaces just before 8.30 Australian uh, East Coast time on Tuesday. We will talk to you there. Thanks and good night.